Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you so much for joining us for episode number 69 here on monday february 12th 2018 i am joe Murata. believe it or not that is michael quinn how you doing there michael Howdy doody. How you doing, sir? Uh, 69, eh? 69. I don't, there's no real significance to that number other well, than it's before 70, of course. Right. That's um, all I know. Woodstock was in 1969. 69! What is that? Isn't that that song with the... Uh, I Can't Drive 69? What are you I doing there? <laughs> anyway, folks, thank you so much. We know what you're doing. You're checking out the one and only Retro Wrestling Podcast where we will romp Quinn, did you know that we romp here? Yeah, we're romping on the 69 episode. <laughs> Through the world of retro wrestling. And we have some great stuff in store for you, I am sure. Before we get to any of that, I want to remind you to check us out on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Follow us if you haven't yet. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And Michael Quinn, there's a place that, oh my gosh, the membership has increased, like, honestly, like 60, 70 people since I don't the know last time we mentioned it. What happened? And that's, of course, our Facebook group. Yes, the Facebook group. I don't know what happened either. Well, apparently, they've been listening to these instructions <laughs> that are, yes. go to Facebook.feet. Yes. They were always going to Facebook.feet, not the .com. No, that's feet. Facebook.web, uh, and <laughs> then you go over there, and you search for our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. Right, that's the name of our show. Make sure you put the dash in between it matters point and r- retro yes. yes that's what it is <laughs> yeah then you hit the join button on the group yep and you're in you just we usually prove anybody so whatever yeah and the one thing that we've tried to do to keep it you know unique amongst the wrestling discussion groups is we've obviously focused more on retro than anything else you can talk about current stuff but we prefer and as most of our fans do the retro uh, but we try to to be uh, open arms the statue of liberty of wrestling discussion yes, groups we if take you will. the unwashed throngs of <laughs> we do, old oh, school wrestling like Chuck Mess, yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll take, you're tired, you're sick, yep. you're hungry for wrestling. Even if you like Tony Gurria, yes. you're welcome, believe it or not. Right. So, <laughs> so it's just a great place to talk about the old stuff. I, I really think so as well. So head on over there to our Facebook group. Uh, there's a few other things that we always like to mention here. One of which is we are hosted, if you care, on SoundCloud. Perhaps you found us there and you're listening to this link on SoundCloud. You don't have to. Uh, you can find us on all different types of podcast venues, such as Quinn. Apple Podcast, yes. where you can hit the subscribe button. Yes, please. And also give us five star reviews. Yeah, we'd like that. That helps. They actually do matter because yeah. it shows, like, oh, people review this sometimes and they listen yeah, to and it. Yeah, I think it helps it float up to the top, too. We can also get it at Google Play Music, sure. Stitcher, yes. Blueberry. Yes, you sure can. Oh, my oh, gosh, hey, Gorilla. And Otto and any, <laughs> Otto. anywhere else that they have podcasts, really. Who uses Otto? No, nobody. <laughs> and uh, speaking of podcasts, we have a couple of friends of the show that we like to always mention every single week. We have the wrestling podcast About Nothing that is hosted by two guys. One of them is an independent wrestler. His name is Brian Malonis, the kingpin. You can find him various territories in the Northeast, including ROH, believe it or not. I heard he's 
in a big hot tag team with the uh, Beer City Bruiser over there. He, and he had a big heel turn. It was funny. <laughs> that I heard about, yes. Uh, his partner in crime there on their show is a independent wrestling referee, and that is Mean Mike Crockett. And they host a great show where they talk about wrestling topics old and new, fun chemistry between the two guys. So check them out, WPAN, the wrestling podcast about nothing. There's another one, Quinn, the little brother of the show. Yeah, Little Petey. Little Petey Winson. And he hosts a whimsical little journey into a retro wrestling show hosted by just himself. Yes. Lonely. Yeah, very. Just talking to himself the whole time. Basically, yeah. But it's fun. It's a great show. We're big fans of it. That is Greetings from Allentown or GF Allentown. Right. And you don't want to mistake that he's from Allentown. He's from Boston or something. New England. New England. cares? With the the New England Matt Wars up in WPAN land. The the weird connection. And we're just the Jersey guys. We're just, yeah, the the assholes from the Northeast from Jersey here. So check out those two shows, WPAN and GF Allentown. Greetings from Allentown. Quinn, there's something else that our fans... uh, if they'd love to contribute, they can. We have a Patreon, and it's not just, hey, give us your money and you don't get anything. Right. There's rewards, Quinn. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of content over there. That's right. For the $2 tier, mm-hmm. you can get our weekly commentaries That's on right. matches on the WWE Network. So how do these commentaries work, though, Quinn, for people that might be donating $2 after this show now? Well, you, you donate the $2, and up in the, the upper right corner of the Patreon page, you get a private RSS feed, and you can stick it in your podcatcher, or you can just play it from the Patreon page whatever you want to do really Mm -hmm. during the recording and also written down in it we'll have a place where you can sync up your time with us yeah our start time yeah and then you'll hear us talk about the fights there yeah all the the fights all the fights yeah (laughs) how many fights will you see that night if you add one dollar to your two dollar donation for three dollars you get something even more you get not only the weekly commentaries which come out every single friday you get a monthly on the first of every month live video review of Quinn and I watching and talking about the WWF. Right now, we're in April, May of 1982. Quinn, what's the whole point of this? Well, the point of it is that back in the year 1982, a man named Vincent K, Vincent K McMahon, yes, I always say K. K and J, <laughs> Vincent K McMahon, he bought the uh, World Wrestling Federation, then called Capital Wrestling Corporation. Yes, it was. And many changes happened to this company. And yes. you might have heard of this company because um, they're the only one left. So. <laughs> So we're kind of tracking that, and right now we're smack dab in the middle of 82, and I gotta tell you, it's not that good. It's very dumpy, (laughs) but, you know, when it's dumpy, that's when it's the best for us, right? That's right, and the best for you guys, too, as far as the entertainment is concerned. So if you'd like to, go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast and check out our rewards tiers. You can also simply go to our website, ovppodcast.com, and get any of the aforementioned links. Quinn, uh, last season, as we wrap up this season, season seven, finally, we did something that we had never done before Mm -hmm. uh, in the history of this show. We did a season-long narrative where we tracked the pre-Hulkamania era until really after the sale of WCW to WWF. And as a result of that, Quinn, do you know what happened? There wasn't any wrestling left. There's no more wrestling to talk about. right? That's it. It's it. So what we did, folks, well, of course we did this. We started the game show. Yes, we did. We've been doing this all season. This is another edition of Pop! The Question, where we have spun a wheel and it's landed on a question or two or three submitted by you, the listener and Quinn, we're going to give it another shot here. I don't know what what the sponsors have in store for next season for the season finale with the question yeah. wheel, but I want to make something very clear before Quinn spins the wheel here. 
we will be doing, and details on this will be coming out shortly, a video where we run through every single question that was submitted to the question wheel yes. that we didn't get to read on the show. Mm-hmm. That will be coming. Stay tuned. Check out our Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. And we'll be telling you when you can find that video coming up. But Quinn, in the meantime, why don't you give the old wheel a spin? And it's landed on a question once again from AJ Smith, the luckiest man in OVP podcast. <laughs> the Lou Gehrig, I guess. Of yeah, podcast. it's on a streak. Um, <laughs> and the question is, you're stranded on a desert island. Oh. Mm. You can take three matches with you. What are they? Woo. This is tough. Three matches. Three matches. I guess we'll do this separately, right? Because this is our own personal sure. vantage points. Why don't you start first since I spun that wheel? You want to alternate back and forth? Sure. And, okay. Yeah, we'll do that. My personal favorite match. And, uh, you know, again, I guess with with a good match. Match. Thanks, Dave. You know, there's the star rating consideration. Who cares? Yes, the star. And I guess if you really like a match, it probably is good in terms of like the star rating scale. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be, right? No. It, it could be whatever you like. It's all subjective. One of my favorite matches that just gives me that warm, fuzzy feeling, Quinn, Mm -hmm. and I can watch it at any time, and I would take it with me, is uh, Brett and Own. Yeah, your brother (laughs) Own. My brother Own from WrestleMania 10. Brett Hart versus Own Hart, folks, from WrestleMania 10, Madison Square Garden, March 20th, 94. My my favorite match of all time. I don't know what law it is that says just because you're older than me that that makes you better than me. It doesn't make you better than me, Brett. And you've held me down all my life. And I'm coming at you, Brett, at WrestleMania 10. And I'm going to beat you, brother. I love it. It's a cleanly wrestled, everything makes sense, great wrestling match. Quinn and I did a commentary on it. I think it was like our second commentary that we ever did. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did do that, didn't we? We did. I've watched the match so many times that I can't tell you how many times yeah (laughs) exactly same here but it is my absolute favorite it tells a great story it is perfectly executed in my opinion and owen hart wins yes which was a huge shock the big surprise at the end right yep to open wrestlemania he also had the spew (laughs) he did have the spew that's my favorite part of the match Is that promo at the end? He's like, brother, I beat you. And he just got goo on the side of his mouth the whole time. You know, I wanted to get my brother on a, a spot there. My, Vince wanted my brother Bruce. So it was, oh. I'm glad that Brett uh, pushed for Owen there. Was that a rib, that spew? No, he probably really spewed and didn't realize it. Okay. Well, anyway, so that's my number one, Quinn. What mm-hmm. about you, sir? Well, I, I don't think you're putting that on. I would have to say that's not my number no, one. I wouldn't uh, think but so. my number one would definitely have to be the Macho Man. Taking on the dragon, Ricky Steamboat, in the uh, Pontiac Silverdome, mm-hmm. 93,173 fans in attendance. Unless you're a Dave Meltzerite. Yeah, but I am not. And Gosh. so, yeah, <laughs> it, it's 93 to me, damn it. That's fine with me. But uh, Obviously, Savage Steamboat, Quinn, yeah. I, it's a great match. Uh, it has a great story. Uh, Savage injured the larynx, and then they went to some fuzzy-haired doctor, and he <laughs> said he has really good recuperative abilities. Gene, I'm amazed at the man's recuperative abilities. He's had an amazing recovery at this point. And then he came to the ring and he was like, come get me, come get me. And the fans went like crazy. And there was that weird woman ref in the ring, like trying to break it up. Yeah, Rita Chatterson. Yeah. And then finally they have the match and uh, Georgie Animal's there because, mm. you know, for the last year he's been 
just being an idiot, taking Elizabeth at he's all, an asswipe. All ends of the spe- he, anytime he's he's there, he's taking Elizabeth, and it's a mess, right? He accompanies him to the ring, and the Randy Man comes with the Miss Elizabeth, and they have just the best match ever. I would say it is the match that is the basis of all modern wrestling. You would say that, huh? Yes, I do. I truly believe that. All jokes aside, with the Randy Man and all that, it really is like the match. One of the- there was wrestling before that match. Sure. There was wrestling after that match. Sure. And, you know, it's not like the next day they were all wrestling like that match. Right, of course. But, you know, pretty much the style of professional wrestling <laughs> that, that became match. prevalent was that style. And I would say, you know, everywhere around the world, that's how they wrestle now. Well, I mean, it certainly was very influential to a legion of younger would-be wrestlers, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's also, even at the time, WWF couldn't help but acknowledge how good it was. Gorilla Monsoon, I yeah. think, and Jesse, maybe. Well, Jesse in the middle they of it says, do, yeah. this is the greatest match I've ever seen. This is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And I think Gorilla says something to the effect of, if you live to be 100, you'll never see a better match than that. Yeah. What's weird is, in 1987, who the hell in WWF cared about match quality? Nobody. Like, they didn't peel back that curtain enough. Like, what made a good match back then? Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like you have a winner and a loser. Yep. There's no quality. The performance wasn't really part of the the equation. Exactly. Really. It was just like who wins. Who but, wins? Yeah. Right? That's all. Who gets the purse money at the end? Right? Exactly. That was basically it. Yep. So, oh man, that's a great pick, win. And obviously, there's no right or wrong here, folks. And Feel free to let us know yours. What three matches would you take with you? Post it on Facebook. Let us know or put it on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to give you my next one. I'm confident sure. in this one, too. Okay. Didn't have to think too hard. Royal Rumble 92. The match. Yes, and I, I'm still thinking about putting that on my list because I got two, but I don't have a third yet. Okay. So. <laughs> Rumble 92. I mean, we've spoken about it quite a bit. A lot of people fondly remember this as the best Royal Rumble of all time. I think it's almost unanimous. Yes. There's some people that, for whatever reason, they're like, oh, I didn't think it was good. No, it's... It, it's the best because of the roster and the titles on the line. Yes. It's just good. Like And the booking within the match yeah, itself. I've it's long too. Like it's an hour, right? It so is. that's an investment, but it's an investment that I will do any day of the week, oddly enough. Like I'm serious. Like yeah. I could have a long day at work and I could still turn that on. Yeah. You know? Well, I could not even want to watch wrestling that day, but I might turn that on by accident. It's just one of the best performances of not only Ric Flair, but Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Right. Pat Patterson as a booker booking the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Just fantastic top to bottom. Hogan, Undertaker, Sid, Savage, Sergeant Slaughter, Roddy Piper. Shawn Michaels. Ted DiBiase, yeah. right? British Bulldog. The roster, like you said, is stacked. It's great fun, and it is definitely one of my top three matches of all time. Yes, definitely up there, right? Yep. It's Flair from behind! Well, I guess I'm up, right? Yeah, go ahead. So for my number two, I'm going to put one of the matches that I've always really, really loved. I don't care what anyone says. Maybe it's not the greatest match to ever happen, but I really love uh, The Rock versus Stone Cold from WrestleMania X7. Mm. I think it's the the perfect like cap to close the Attitude Era out. Uh, 
put a little bow on the whole era, right? Absolutely. It encapsulates the style of the era. Yep. Uh, you know, a little bit of everything. It has callbacks to like Survivor it, Series '96 for it, crying out yeah, loud. It has callbacks to like the Ringmaster and like all of this bullshit. Just a perfectly well crafted match. I totally agree with you. And it ends with a heel turn that I, I think a lot of people don't like, but I feel like that's the way to end it, right? It's like, if you can't beat him, join him. Fuck it. Like, that's essentially the yeah. story, right? It's just enough already. I'm yeah. not going to fight McMahon anymore. I'm going to join him. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Last week when we get, we uh, talked about the Rushmore and Death Valley of Attitude Era wrestlers and mm-hmm. our number one and two picks, like neck and neck, were Austin and Rock. And how fitting is it that they closed out the Attitude Era? Yeah. It's, it's weird because nobody knew at the time it was the end of the attitude era no no but, no you know when you watch back that Feels, match you're like you're like this is this is how it should end like yep. this is this is perfect and there's it's nothing in, wrong with this nothing wrong with it it's in front of 60 something thousand people at the sky dome at the or, um, uh, reliant astrodome uh, sorry the astrodome yeah. and you've got paul Heyman, who's fresh off of uh entering wwf after ecw on fire the whole night oh with JR God, on commentary dude, adding great. to it you know adding to the drama and the shock of the announcers also when McMahon even just comes out why is he here like they, they flip out absolutely Vince is coming off his match with Shane McMahon that was actually pretty good really great fun yeah so I don't know it's just it's just a great match and, and a great I some people don't like the ending. I think the ending's fine. I like the raging um, chair shots at the end. Like, he can't... Like, it's yes. also like it puts over The Rock. It's like, he no, The Rock him. is good. Right. Like, you, it's going to be hard to beat The Rock. Correct. And, and the only way he could beat him is just chair shotting Literally him. just beat the shit out of him with and the chair. by the way, another thing a lot of people don't remember is that it was a surprise stipulation that it was no DQ, right? It was Before, last minute. Right, no, they don't tell you that, and then all of a sudden the match starts and the fink goes, and this match is no disqualification, and I remember JR's reaction like, what? Back <laughs> on! When, when did this happen? <laughs> like, like, yeah. And in this contest, there will be no disqualification! That's a great pick. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd put it, but I, it's definitely a, like amongst my favorite matches. No right. doubt about it. Top three for me, I'm not sure. Now, I'm having a hard time trying to pick my third one. However, I'm going to probably settle on one that is probably going to surprise you a little bit. And okay. no, it's not Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon. Uh, yeah, please, no. But it is a Bret Hart match. Okay. Obviously, Bret's my favorite wrestler. Yeah, no shit. And it's a Bret Hart match where he wins the Intercontinental title from Rowdy Roddy Piper at oh, WrestleMania 8. That is a good match. It is. And it's not... No one would call this, like, the best wrestling match of all time, clearly. Right. Because it's probably not even... If it was a star rating, I'd probably give it four, four and a half at the most. Mm-hmm. Probably four. Yeah. Right? But I just... I love the way it is executed. It's Piper actually, like, wrestles. And it, Piper's for real in this match and not just, like eye poking his way around the whole thing right right so it's like a nice send-off for him yeah it's a good way to go out for piper as far yep. as it's kind of like his last it's like his swan song of being like a full-time, Full, full-time regular yeah. wrestler absolutely yeah. and he puts brett over clean and brett does an awesome blade job mm-hmm. that he lied and said was hard way of course and uh man i just love it and grill on bobby again it's wrestlemania 8 folks you know april 5th 1992 hoosier dome great atmosphere great ambiance and great commentary and brett wins the ic title so that's one of my personal favorites that one would go with me there's plenty of other matches that could have taken that number three spot Mm -hmm. on any given day 
Definitely. But as I sit here today on February 12th, it is that one. What do you got, Michael? A couple things. I want to address, first of all, I am the biggest Shawn Michaels fan. That is definitely, like, my favorite wrestler, whatever. Yep. Yeah, no shit. However, regarding Shawn, the reason I'm probably not going to put him on this list is because I feel Shawn has so many good matches Mm -hmm. that I just think of him as a good match guy. It's kind of like how, like, Peyton Manning, right, is the best day-to-day quarterback ever, right? Or Tom Brady. You don't think of him, like, as the best of all time. You're just the best day-to-day. Okay. And that's the way I think of Sean. It's it, it, None of his matches are probably the best of all time, but they're all really good. It's very consistently good is what so you mean. So if I'm limited on a list, I can't really say I put a Shawn Michaels match on it. Okay. Fair enough. Now, that yes. being said, I, I have, I, I'm debating between two different matches here. And one might surprise you. All right. Triple H versus Mankind at the Royal Rumble 2000. <sighs> Wow, yeah, that's street fight. Cactus Jack, to yeah, be technical. Uh, yeah, whatever. Street, <laughs> yeah. street fight, though. Mick it, Foley, how yeah. about that? Awesome. Yeah. One of the best matches of the era, I'd say. Yeah. Probably, I was going to say the 90s, but it's technically January of 2000. But between right. 1990 and 2000, that 10-year gap, Yeah, I would say that's one of the best matches. Yup, it tells a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even the, like, send Stephanie back. This is too violent. Like, yeah. uh, it's just, it's so good. Yep. And, and JR is great on the mic. So and, is and King. King. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it, it, the thumbtacks, which wasn't common yet. No, and, not too and, much. And it was just, it was in Madison Square Garden, great atmosphere. It's yeah. just, a, a, it's a really well done match. Absolutely, Quinn. Um, the other one that I'm debating it with is the Macho Man versus the Ultimate Warrior career ending from WrestleMania 7. Oh, wow. that, those are my two last picks here. Well, like, then, I mean, if you Oh, wow. Okay, again, great story being told. Mm-hmm. The levity of the match with the Macho Man and the Ultimate Warrior. The, the idea that one great career will end. And I, I, obviously, we know that wasn't true. But at the mm-hmm. time... Yeah, and if you're a casual viewer, especially... You're yeah. like, oh, this is a big deal. Like, these guys, these guys are in their prime, and their career's yeah. going to end. Right. They must really hate each other. Right. And all the stuff with the sensational Sherry interfering mm-hmm. and doing every possible thing she can do to, like, keep her meal ticket running yeah. here. And... Warrior looking at his hands, almost leaving. Yes. Uh, and Hebner trying to desperately talk him out of it. So many moments. Excellent and just, commentary. And then just the end with the reuniting of Miss Elizabeth, even though, um, well, I won't spoil it for anybody who's never seen it, <laughs> but, um, you know, Miss Elizabeth reuniting with the Macho Man. It's yes. great. And Rain Hat. Rain Hat uh, is there, of yeah, course. and the lady in the blue dress. And then the shoes are too tight and the yeah, chili and the, dog with onions. The lady in the, with the vein in her head. <laughs> There's so many characters um, in the And then crowd. Fonzie was glad. And then Fonzie <laughs> was glad that the Ultimate Warrior got his ultimate victory. But you know what we say I about just, Fonzie? Spoiled it. He sucks. Fuck Fonzie. Yeah, fuck Fonzie. <laughs> so those are my two that I'm debating. We well, gotta so, pick one, Michael. So, Time's running so, out. You hear the buzzer? I'm gonna bring it to Joseph here. Let let's um. Whoa. Let 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 me get your take on that. Just to kind of end it here. Let's let's get a little discussion. What would you say? <sighs> the better action in the ring is Cactus Jack versus Triple H. Definitely, it is by 1991 standards. Even and Savage Warrior is good. It it wasn't. It t- it's not mind blowing to me, but no. it's good. Yeah, Sa- uh, Cactus Jack versus Triple H is fantastic to watch it's in the ring. Freaking match! The characters are great all around in both yeah. matches. The crowds are great in both matches. The commentary is great in both both matches. The one thing that puts WrestleMania Seven over the top is the post match angle. Right. 
Because the rest of the Royal Rumble 2000, it's like a sadder ending. <laughs> you well, know it's I mean? more like they're taken, they're carted off, I believe, both of them. Yeah. Right? Or Cactus isn't. And I, I remember that's that. Is, that's right? what it is. And Triple H is because yeah. he's spoiled. Yep. And, you know, he's the boss's daughter. And he got his ass died. handed to him. Yeah. He won. But he won, yeah. So, I mean, the, as far as a feel-good ending to the whole thing, I think seven. Se- I would have to give it to seven also. Okay. Um, so, those would be my, my three. There you go. That's so, a great question, huh? Yeah. AJ Smith is like the uh, the showrunner, huh? Yeah. He's the showrunner that David B. Weissenoff. I don't know who writes Game of Thrones. That weird name at the beginning. Okay. B.B. something. Well, AJ, thank you for that question. And folks, feel free to let us know your top three matches that you would take with you if you were stranded on a desert island. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it is Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. Back after this. OVP Podcast will return after these brief messages. And some members of the family just won't be available because of all the excitement on the tube. And to be ready, here are some things from Safeway you'll want to have on hand. Oscar Mayer Lunchables are on our list of specials this week. A variety of the four and a half ounce packages are on sale at four for just $5. Or fix up some fried chicken. Safeway has fresh Foster Farms whole fryers, specially priced just 69 cents a pound. 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 Let's be kind to our football friends. But remember, the Super Bowl begins at Safeway. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, here on Monday, February 12, 2018, for episode number 69. 69! Thank you, Quinn. We are here, folks, for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week we have put, and we will continue to put, four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst are going to go down into the desert of Death Valley. We've been taking your requests as much as possible, and you can continue to give us those requests by going to ovppodcast.com and going to the suggestions box there, and you can type it in. Quinn, we have a suggestion here today from Brian J. Rochester, Aha. old fan of the show, and he wants us to do the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... The corporation. <laughs> oh no! But, okay, so we've added because we have to, right? I mean, like the, we're never going to have a rush more of this ever again. So right. I, I'm including the ministry, the corporate ministry, all that. Okay, bullshit. fine, fine. So corporation members, ministry, corporate ministry, yeah. right? All of it. Yes, fine. All that bullshit. The messy glob of people from ninety eight, ninety nine. Do you want to explain what yes. the hell this was okay. for people that may have like been like nineteen ninety nine? I'm not watching that. <laughs> all right. So in nineteen ninety eight, folks, when Vince McMahon was the evil owner of the WWF and he was feuding with Steve Austin. He began to always come out with uh, Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson and right. uh, Sergeant Slaughter and too for a while. For and a then while. Shane, yes. Yeah. And eventually they needed a name for this whole thing because he kept coming out with these guys in suits, you know, yeah. that would help him. So they came upon the corporation. Okay, fine. That's you know, a fine name. Fine I have name. no problem with that. They're all businessmen here, you yeah. know, they're all just trying. However, in early 1999, Satan Taker, yes. <laughs> who we mentioned last week. The worst Undertaker. Yeah, the version where he has the goatee, but like no mustache and part he, of his beard. And he like dresses like he's a druid. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> this version of Undertaker starts hanging out with all these assholes that are going to like take over the world with like 
power, devil power or something? I don't know. Paul Bear's hair is dyed. It's it's messy. It's a very messy situation. So basically, Undertaker's got his faction of, like, assholes, and Vince has his faction of assholes, and everyone's a heel, right? Right, right. So now, at some point in the spring of 1999, Shane McMahon, like, ousts Vince McMahon from the corporation. And Shane, who's now running the corporation decides that he's going to merge his corporation with Undertaker, Undertaker's yeah. ministry. Like they're a company or yeah. something. Like, <laughs> like a merger to form the corporate ministry. Quinn. Yes? The best. I See, here's the problem. Okay. Undertaker, I don't even want to like talk about. but I think he might be one yeah, of the he worst. He might be one of the worst. But Vince... Is the best, right? Because Vince McMahon, yeah. if it's corporation members especially, right. Vince being the number one heel right. in wrestling from like pretty much the screw job until like late 99 mm-hmm. was all on account of like the way he acted and did things with his like, corporation here. This wouldn't here. have existed if not Without. for like the, the great heel run yes, of Vince McMahon, right? Exactly. Now, okay. I have to, a, a knock against Vince. Yeah, go ahead. Is that whole, it was me all along. That's the worst part. And that's part of this. So that. So what do we say there? That, folks, is the higher power where the Undertaker's corporate ministry, him and Shane were like, oh, oh, there's a higher power, die, 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 and all that yeah. stuff. For months on end, I prophesized of a power even greater than the Lord of Darkness. Who cares? So basically, they're like, oh, who's the higher power going to be? Vince Russo doing his fantastic writing. I'm not being serious. Mm -hmm. um, Makes Vince McMahon the higher power. Right. Vince McMahon, who they were like beating up for like a month or two. He's all of a sudden the higher power. The same man that like his daughter (laughs) was like put on a cross or something. Right. Major issues with this. However, though, Quinn, does that like little tiny chunk overall like everything else good that he did is like a major heel i mean yeah the whole professor x wheelchair <laughs> thing that he did that was and pretty the, funny and the, the big boss man like being his stooge his stooge and then the no chance in hell music came about because that's true rumble 99 i think it's fair to say vince mcmahon is probably like the number one member right he's yeah. kind of the origin of all this nonsense i think so and i think that he you know Vince as a number one heel is one thing, but to have him surrounded with his like stooges, his gaggle of idiots, just added to the whole thing. Right. Added to the experience. So I think it's fair to put okay. Vince on his number fair one. Fair enough. All right. So for number one, Vince McMahon. All right, Michael, who do you got? I think The Rock is like the best the guy, like the best wrestler. The best wrestler, yeah. He was like literally made by this this thing. Like yeah. this is how they made him like the biggest, baddest heel yep. around. And I know he was like in another faction in the nation. Yeah, but they weren't that. They were they, more of a they, comedy. They were like, a mid-card. Yeah. But they weren't really comedy. Well, the with nation. the DX thing, they became yeah. more like fun. Yeah. The thing with The Rock here, you know, this is the apex, I'd say, the last gasp, too, of Vince Russo's booking of uh, Survivor Series 98. Well, yeah. the whole joke was, you know, that Mankind was trying to kiss up to Vince McMahon, and Mankind really wanted to be in the corporation, essentially, and Mankind right. was going to be the chosen one, blah, blah, blah. And The Rock wasn't. He was coming off leaving the nation. He was actually, like, a de facto face by this point. Right. He hadn't done anything to, like, be a face. Yeah, I remember the guy with the chef's outfit in the crowd, and <laughs> yeah. he smelled The Rock's cooking, and everyone loved The Rock <laughs> so much. was just cheering him, But right? he wasn't even, like, official. He wasn't 
like at that tournament, he wasn't even officially faced. No, he wasn't. Yeah. He was just basically the nation broke up and kind of turned on him, but, but he didn't do anything to be good. Right. There was literally, it was like in between this weird two week, yes. like, p- situation when Deadly Game took place. <laughs> yeah, like, that's all it was. Yeah. <laughs> and Deadly Game tournament um, ended, you know, the finale was The Rock versus Mankind, and we had a repeat of the previous year's screw job. Right. The Rock puts Mankind in the sharpshooter, and the bell, and. Yep. There you have it. There you have it. And The Rock went from being the people's champion, Quinn, right. to the corporate champion. He plans on raising the corporate eyebrow. <laughs> and he was their number one heel. I mean, all throughout the first chunk of 99, January, February, March, April. He fought the Austin. At, he fought the Austin. At the WrestleMania. <laughs> he fought the Mankind a couple yeah. of times at yeah. the Rumble and, and St. Valentine's Day Massacre. <laughs> the one where Big Show debuted. <laughs> we, we had a shirt on. Yeah. And, uh, and The Rock, <laughs> it, he did. The Rock is by far the number one star. He's like the he, kingpin, he if is, you yeah. will. All right. So definitely the rock. There's no way to not put him in. That's really dumb if we don't. Okay. Yeah. And it really helped him because it gave him that one last heel turn that he needed before he became like the mega face. Right, right. So it worked. Okay. For number two, the rock. Well, uh, what do you think about the acolytes? Honestly, eh. they were the, the one good thing to come out of the ministry. What about Pete Gas? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, but seriously, the Acolytes, because that did form that tag team, and they were pretty over and good. They were okay. I mean, I'm not, in terms of contained within the ministry, it's like whatever. Yeah, they're not as, they, they were pretty good, actually, even in the ministry, I remember that. They were okay, but they, what what about Big Bosom Man? What do you think of his run? Well, as, I, that, he was the guy I was going to say, he's the obvious number three, but I just well, wanted I to, know. like, give the due for, like, the ministry here, just because, like, you know, give them a hot second because a lot of them were shitty. But a lot of them were shitty. Yeah. I'd, I'd give the Stooges as a as a tag team consideration. <laughs> what Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson? Sure, they were the comedy duo. Well, the Briscoe brothers body shop getting a big plug there. And of course, Pat Patterson works there part time. He does does rear end work there down in Tampa. Now I'm not condoning. When they like feuded with each other and had like a bra and panties match with each other or <laughs> some a, uh, I think it was fucking an bullshit down match, <laughs> yeah, yes. like whatever that is. <laughs> it was wasn't that just a joke on that Pat is gay? It was. It was. It's Vince not understanding. Like <laughs> he's not a transvestite. Right. He's he's gay. He's not a cross dresser. He still wears regular men's clothing yeah. that we know of anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. But I mean, if you really think about it, they were goofy. Right. They were the comedic foils for the whole thing. Hmm. They would be like a comedy of errors. They would try to help Mr. Mac Man and yeah. you just do that to him and all that yeah. stuff. And <laughs> they were like bumbling fools. They were like Harry and Marv. Right, right. But as much as I like them, I don't know if I could put them on the Rushmore show. They're better than um, the Acolytes. Right. They are better. Don't you think? Yeah. Okay. But that's fair. Then would Big Bosom Man be the number three? I think three? the Bosom <laughs> would have to be one of the best, right? I mean... Uh, yeah, well, let's... let's. He was very consistent. Let's put it that was. way. And he was mean as hell. <laughs> he was great. He was always, like, picking fights. Not only, like, prote- not only was he, like, protecting Vince and the corporation and the ministry and he all that bullshit. Jerk. He's, like, picking fights with, like, Al Snow. And, like, he's just a dick. Like, he's a real asshole. And he was also the, the um, second hardcore champion. Right. Mankind's reign wasn't that long. Boss Man, like, Boss Man, like, established in. the hardcore title. He did. His <laughs> feud with, like, Road Dog and yeah. Al Snow and stuff was great. It was good. Made Al Snow eat his own dog. And, <laughs> uh, and then he took Big Show 
shows dad's uh, casket like on a truck or something and like dragged it through the funeral home. It's a little bit later, but yes, he did. But I that's all that same type it's of the same boss. character. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. It's one of the best things about that version of the boss man because the last time the WWF saw him, it was in '93, and he's yeah, like, he "I'm like, a cop." Yeah, I'm a fake cop. But I'm not. I'm not a cop. I might be a cop. The announcers call him a cop, but he kind of knows he's not a cop. I'm laying back on my '69 wide glide. The boss man on his brand new police special. The looks we get, man, you wouldn't believe it. It's so fucking confusing. But this boss man is like, no, I'm a SWAT team member, yep. and I'm gonna freaking kill people. <laughs> like, holy shit, was he a badass? He was, and he won the tag titles with Ken Shamrock. Yes, that team was good. <laughs> I they don't were. care what anyone says. I really like that team. I'm with you, Quinn. You know what? At the time, yeah. everyone was like, oh, big boss man sucks. <laughs> I didn't Fuck know what they the were talking man. about. He's great. Yeah. He's number three. Yeah. Right? Yes, boss man, definitely. He's so good. I wish he was still around. Right. The big boss man for number three. We don't care. It's our vantage point. <laughs> <laughs> little uh little feisty here on episode yes. 69 Quinn. okay here's a weird pick please don't let it be test no 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 all right then, then we're fine i think now if you recall triple h was part of it but like yeah. even like post the marriage to stephanie because there was like that well, dx corporation like okay. does that count I don't, like, that's a fair question well triple h was in the original version right he was for very briefly yes like a month or something but then he got hurt or something he just said like bye i'm gonna go do my own thing right that's what it was he's like oh, i'm gonna go win the title uh yeah <laughs> i remember <laughs> that when when he reformed dx but they were like part of the corporation yeah, yeah, yeah. but like in 2000 well because what it was is this was like the corp this was when it was called the faction or the mcmahon helmsley alliance era. or whatever. yeah what, mcmahon yeah. helmsley era but there was like a name it was like the mcmahon helmsley faction or something yeah. it was like the precursor to the authority and the post cursor to the corporate Yes, where but was, they were still like they the, were corporate DX. Yeah, they were corporate DX. <laughs> but that so that, doesn't count, does no, it? But Triple H, that was when he became the Triple H. You want him in this, don't you? But well, it's, you know, he was actually technically in the corporate yeah, ministry for like a, a month or something, right? I'm saying the ministry one with the ministry version. Yes, too? yes. Okay. I mean, that but was the ministry it, version of him was not. It as wasn't a good one. No, good, right? Okay, no. but I, I do have to say, if we're counting the whole scale of the corporation, I don't know. Triple H is like a fair contender. That's we're wild carding him in, though. If we now all of a sudden include the DX version, the McMahon Helmsley. Yeah, I don't know. I era. Mean, let's try to focus more here on. That's the fine. I just wanted to like give him his due. That's all. What about Ken Shamrock, though, Quinn? Ken Shamrock, Kenny. The heel turn was desperately needed. It was good. Uh, blue Shamrock. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, because red Shamrock is the face. That's the shitty one. It blue is. Shamrock is better. Blue Shamrock, Robo Shamrock. But he was just kind of like boss man's friend. Like, I, that's he wasn't really like Goldar. great. Or, yeah, he was like Goldar <laughs> or like Finster or something. Yeah, right. Like, you know, yeah, you know Finster, I, even better. Yeah, he's more like a Finster. So if it's not Shamrock, then what about the Bulk and Skull? What about uh, Patterson and Briscoe? No, I think there's one that you're just completely missing. Who is it? Shane. He was so oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Like he was. You're right. And didn't he like push Vince out at some point too? That's how the corporate ministry got formed. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He merged. He was the one that orchestrated the merger once right. Vince was pushed out. But then Vince was in it. Remember, Vince it was, was the higher all. power. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Shane. Yeah, but some might view that as a negative because mm. most people don't like Shane. I I'm not a big fan of Shane McMahon, the character. 
Right. The guy in real life is probably a really good guy. Now, didn't during this, though, he had that really good moment where, like, I think it's a deadly game because this is part of the corporation. Yeah. Where he does the one, two, remember, because he was demoted to a ref and then he gets, he gives him yeah. the middle. I fucking love Shane during that period of time. That's, he screwed Austin. Yeah. That's right. He was the one that screwed Austin. The one, two middle finger thing. That was his official heel turn. See, that's where Russo mm, makes me so mad. That Vince Russo pulled that whole thing off so well. Yeah. And then after Deadly Game, you might as well never watch anything he ever wrote in 99. Right. It's annoying because he he was going in a good place with Shane McMahon. Like, the Shane McMahon character was interesting, right? Yeah, the screwing of The Rock, the screwing... I mean, sorry, The Rock screwing Mankind, the screwing of Austin, all those things. Yeah, it was always like Shane was like the wild card, right? Because sometimes he was good, sometimes he was bad, and you never really knew when he was going to, like, screw someone over. Right. Like, he, he was just kind of awesome actually i don't know i really like him i don't know i'm kind of torn yeah between either shane or um the stooges briscoe and patterson really, I the really stooges yeah because they were so great quinn i mean again i'm not talking about when they were overtly comedic just <sighs> as vince's flunkies <sighs> i don't know if i could put them over shane i don't know really because Shane gave me some of the biggest surprises I can remember during this time period. Like, they had me convinced so many times that he was, like, face. You know what I mean? I like, do. He, he was like He was, like, a wild card, in a sense. Like, the true wild card. The, and also, like, the only person who could really, like, take Vince down. Because he was his son, and he had, like, inheritance or something. His own son. Yeah. What about the big show? Or no? Big Slow. Yeah. Nah. When was Big Show even in this? When like, came, like <laughs> I, I don't from even when he, see him on any list. From when he came through the ring at St. Valentine's Day Massacre until like the like right after WrestleMania 15 or right before it or something like that. I don't remember. Okay. It was very brief. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, don't know about that. What about Kane? I don't know. Kane was, he was okay. He was only there what, what because of some alliance with Paul Bearer briefly yeah, or something. Undertaker shit. probably, but, but then but, he but didn't before like the Undertaker. the ministry? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, so this is where Russo loses me because yeah, I really don't remember. Yeah, it gets very confusing. Let's just go with Shane because yeah. you're right. It, it it put whatever you think of Shane McMahon. The corporation is what gave him the platform. You know, right. the, the first major stage. And I thought like Shane was very effective in the corporation. Like okay. as much, I like Patterson and Briscoe, and they won't make Death Valley. But like, yeah, right. I just can't put them above Shane. All right. Yeah, I can agree with you. For number four, we're gonna do it, Shane McMahon. Sure. All right. For number four, Shane. <laughs> Alrighty, that is our Mount Rushmore to recap for Donnie. We have Vince McMahon, The Rock, Big Boss Man, and Shane McMahon. Quinn, who are we thinking for the worst? Well, there's a lot to work with here. Yeah. Um, what a, uh, I know Sergeant Slaughter was always just annoying. He was. He didn't yeah, like, do he, anything. He didn't do diddly dick. Like, like <laughs> He was supposed to be like the commissioner that was in the pocket of Vince McMahon, right? So yeah. that he made all the matches, right? But he like never talked really. He was so... He would just fucking sit there like... I'm good. Yeah, he was just annoying. Like, Maggot. And the same with like... They did the same thing with Shawn Michaels. Like he was the commissioner that was in the pocket. Mr. Vin Man... May I book my first match right here, right now? I'm very upset that Shawn Michaels even was around to do that. Yeah. This is the era 
where it was like, okay, Shawn Michaels hasn't wrestled since WrestleMania. We see him every couple of months, and he's either like doing commentary for Brawl for All or something. But he's always the commissioner. And right? then he's then he becomes the commissioner, like always, right? Yeah, for like a long ass time. Like, and I feel like by like two thousand one or something. Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, I, it might have been two thousand one that they briefly mentioned. I'm not saying it was on screen. I'm just like they would always like in the background say Shawn Michaels was the commissioner. Mick Foley uh, was officially like handed the keys by oh, him in like the oh, summer right. of two thousand. Okay. Okay, that's why I'm But it was like it. forever, though. Yeah. It is my pleasure to introduce to you the new commissioner of the World Wrestling Federation. I wasn't. Mick Mick Foley in the cage, like, that's an order. Yeah, like, and all that bullshit. With his gavel or yeah. something like that. Uh, yeah, Slaughter's useless, right? He's garbage. Like, I terrible okay you just, know what you're you're terrible. right like, you're right because he one of the things that makes you really good is if you do something yeah and you're like notable and you're good at it slaughter did nothing yeah like the, but, and, but it should have been good because the whole idea was like hey he's the commissioner right. so we can like put austin in shitty matches and stuff but he just they never played anything up and with you know him. what <laughs> why is that even threatening any anyway because remember dx was just like we don't give a shit that he's the commissioner <laughs> like everyone disrespected him like austin didn't give a shit he just called him fat and stunned him right like, no one cared like who was sergeant slaughter scaring in all honesty by 98 uh no, no one. No You're right. one. Yeah, no one. So getting him in their pocket didn't matter. Plus, Vince is the owner, so who cares that they had the commissioner? Yes, he's irrelevant. He's terrible. You're right. You yeah. know what? For number one, are we doing the Sarge? Yeah, sure. All right, for number one, Sergeant Slobber. Die, die, die. Get that out of the way, Quinn. Now, what about a Midian or naked Midian? <laughs> because I, uh, I know he got brought up recently. Two weeks in a row with him now, huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, he's horrible. <laughs> he's horrible, Joe. Why is that? I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't like listen, him. Listen, like I said last week, he's the guy in WrestleMania 2000 you never pick. Like, he just exists. I can't I Like, can't and, disagree. and the fact that he was still even around once they merged them. Like, what the fuck did they even need him for? <laughs> listen, I don't like Visra, but I can understand his existence because he's just gigantic and has a big menacing raincoat on. Right. But Midian <laughs> is nothing. He's just fucking naked and an idiot. All right, so naked, Enough. naked Midian or yeah. slash Midian for yeah. uh, for number two. This is automatic. Okay, like, fine. Uh, sorry, it's fine with me yeah. for number two. Naked Midian or sorry, Midian. Die, die, die. Now listen. Wow, you're on a roll today, Quinn. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I'm sorry, I'm hogging up here. Go ahead, hogging. I'm just looking at this list and I've just realized something. Yeah. Okay, so they say that on December seventh, ninety eight, that two people joined called. Road Dog Esquire and Badass Inc. What does that mean? Okay, so that's when <laughs> there's a very brief period of time where the corporation pretended like they were going to have the New Age Outlaws or the New Age Outlaws put pretended they were joining the corporation. Why did they have these names? Because get it, they're like they're like corporate. Like, yeah, but that's, I'm Road Dog Esquire, and this is Badass Inc. But get it? Why is Badass Incorporated? Like, is there other people in no, Badass Inc? Like I can understand Esquire, like he he you know he's like a notary or something. But sure. Like yes, Rodog the notary, badass Inc. <laughs> Are you really trying to rationalize? 1998 I'm just saying that this is fucking stupid. And it says it was just a ruse or something. Yes, they were undercover. Why did you book this then? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're okay, not counting we can't them. Put, they, they were one night only. So I just had to bring that up because that is really stupid. So what are your thoughts on test? 
He sucks, and <laughs> he was actually the next one I was thinking of. Yeah, Test should have never been in this. No. It he, really stalled him. Yes. It's just a waste of, like, four months or something, it looks like here. Six months, yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Because, yeah. like, why? 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 Just make him be a face. He's better as a face. Because he was upset about Stephanie getting stolen or whatever, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah, that's how he turned face, right. Okay, right. He, yeah. he started off, well, his initial debut was, like, he was... Motley Crue's like fake bodyguard. That oh one my time. god, it's so horrible. What was Vince McMahon's obsession with Test anyway? In general, he was tall, he was blonde, and he had good hair. <sighs> he was just like blonde Diesel. He was blonde Diesel. He was like Roman Reigns before there was Roman yeah. Reigns. Vince just has an obsession with men with nice flowy hair. Yes, he does. Tall yeah. ones that can wear all black. And, yeah, you got all god. I mean, right, even, this isn't the Pritchard show. I even don't wanna... when even when the Hawkster came, he had flowy hair. He did it, uh, the it, first run, especially yeah, very he, flowy. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it makes it all makes sense now. Test wasn't utilized properly though i think as a generic heel for like four or five months in this thing sadly with test his whole career he like then did like a lot of steroids and he came back with like a steroid gut which is something i'd never seen in my life but after i saw it i was like oh that's what a steroid gut is yeah like it was really weird it's a shame yeah he was never gonna be the greatest thing but he could have had potential he did i mean his feud with shane that Mm -hmm. culminated at SummerSlam, right. in a surprisingly good match that they had, showed that he had potential as a face. Look at Shane, though. Shane, move! move. <laughs> oh, no! The elbow! It's Shane McMahon's left heart! And Tess wins! Tess wins! So I just feel bad that they really wasted him away. Th- this was what did him in. Like, they could have made him a big, happy baby face for a while, and yeah. it could have been a powerhouse. And But they started him off as a heel, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work. Yeah. I just didn't think it worked. At least he had motivation to go with McMahon. I mean, you know what I mean? I guess. I don't know. He like, liked what, his he daughter. To... I, yeah, I guess. I don't know if that was explicit, though, was it? Or did they... I just remember it was like he slowly fell in love or something. I think that's what it was, yeah. right? And then she was abducted by the Undertaker, but he like wasn't happy about it, right, or something. I don't remember. The whole thing is a it's blur. A, it is a blur. But is he number three just because he was so disappointing and useless, <laughs> yeah. or is there worse here? Inviscera well, was still there. What about Viscera? And raincoat again with the Midian and Viscera, just Mid- like last week. But <sighs> what about? Okay, this is one we don't talk about. Yeah, you know who kind of just sucked in all of this. Yeah, Paul Bearer, like he was dumpy by then like <laughs> the whole like i'm dying my hair thing what's your problem with this he hair? just stunk like he was not it just wasn't the same anymore it wasn't like the cane version that was good it was just like this weird like you know yeah, like, he's got the dyed hair and the mustache again but he's, he's just not like undertaker stooge now he's not even like diabolical like after they had this whole backstory about how he's his dad and all this bullshit it just kind of gets shoved to the side it's just like no he's just he's basically the gerald briscoe and pat patterson <laughs> of the corporate ministry you're right like all rolled up into one and he he's so big anyway that he could fit both of them in his body probably <laughs> so it makes sense he was almost just unneeded, right? Right. He was stupid. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's that, and then he just disappears, and the last time we see him is, like, he gets in the cement or whatever <laughs> when the Undertaker, you know, he loses that match where Paul Bearer's in cement. Isn't that, like, ten years after this? Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like, this is, like, the sad end of Paul Bearer. Other than some, like, random appearances where he just was there for no reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in the mid-2000s, it's like, ah, Paul Bear's here! Like, he's always just chilling out in the darkness or something. But he finally comes back that last time, 
and his and he just dies in cement and that's the end of Paul Bearer. <laughs> but that's how like I almost associate that with this because it's like he's so useless. Are you trying to say you don't like him in this? He's terrible. He they're, they're trying to say like brokered the deal with the get out of here. Like the Undertaker was like in full Satan Taker mode where he was like diabolical and arranging everything at that point. Like so Now what's your favorite version of Paul Bearer? I actually think the best one is when he gets king. Like, yeah, the heel, the 97 heel he's version, He's good on right? the mic and yeah, stuff, he's too. He's really like, good in 97. It, 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 it really hit home the point is that, like, Paul Bearer was, like, the evil force behind The Undertaker and Kane. Like, I like that idea. Okay. But you think by 99 here, he's kind of past his expiration date? Yeah, and just the fact that they dye his hair always bothered me, too. It's the third time you've mentioned that. Yeah, that it really just, bothers it, it you? Really, he looks stupid. Well, I guess we'll have to uh, put him in. For the die, 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 yeah. if you will, for number three, Paul Bearer. Die, die, die. All right, Quinn, The Undertaker. Thoughts? Oh, he's so bad. We he's talked so about it last week. intolerable during this period. How Undertaker's great in the Attitude Era, except this version it's of It's like him. this weird pause, right? Like, yes. we have to pause because Undertaker. We have to pause because Undertaker. He wins the world title during this whole era from Austin, remember? He's awful. He's, he's awful. He's awful. Okay, just before, like, just pause pause on The Undertaker for a second. Go ahead. Pete Gas. Just Pete Gas? I mean, they all suck. What about Rodney? I feel like Pete Gas is the worst of the <laughs> He's three. the better. I know. You think Rodney st- is better than my boy Pete Gas? Now, which one's the blonde one? Rodney. It's You know who's really bad? Joey, Joey Abs. <laughs> like, he's dump. We're simply hanging out by Rolls Royce of Greenwich. Right at the light. What happens? These beaters got to look at us and stare at us through the back seat. He goes, why don't you go yourself? I, what? Me? Those guys, I guess. Was Ryan Shamrock in this? No. No, no. All right, what? <laughs> as much as those guys are offensive, they're not like anything. So here's, we need to like talk about The Undertaker now in all seriousness about like being in here. <sighs> go ahead. The Undertaker is absolutely like dreadful. I agree. He, he, Especially once they merge. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do this, but mm-hmm. they made like the Undertaker seem like a non-factor in a faction where he's like the co-leader. He's the Undertaker. Like how how? I don't know. I and mean, that's a that's a good question, Quinn. They actually did like make him bad. Yeah. <laughs> like they made him just shitty. to make like Vince McMahon seem better or something. I guess. But it's the Undertaker. Like this is like a former world champion. This is like the unstoppable zombie wizard. Like how the hell is he playing second fiddle to Vince McMahon? Well it's Vince is the owner. Does Vince have the urn to control him? Like I well, I think he's past the urn at this point, right? He is very he's at his height of magicalness. He's so, mystical. Yeah. He's a warlock. So I don't know if the urn matters. Like you say the urn doesn't matter, but maybe it does. He's almost <laughs> like an enemy in Castlevania 3 or something. Yeah, he he's, really is. He's very much He's Dracula or something. He is. He's like leaping off the pages of reality at this point into some other stratosphere that I don't want to be a part of. His collar is so high. His collar is absurdly, annoyingly high. Which is like a Dracula collar. Yes, and he crucifies people on a symbol. Yes, he crucifies the daughter of the owner to make a point or something, but Vince is all in on it. But I don't even know about that. But he still, he crucifies people, right? He does. Can Vince be considered for this as well because he was the higher power? You can't, no. We can do both, no? I think that he... He's only in once. The higher power, we talked about all that. We gave Vince... I know. We put Vince in the Rushmore because we lowered the higher power so we can't i didn't know you could lower a higher power 
<laughs> the lower power? The lower power. Is Undertaker in this, or are we, are we, uh, we're going to give him a pass like here? I Undertaker could possibly make it. He's so dumb. Like, <laughs> he, it's just dumb. So even though... It's the worst the- <laughs> Undertaker ever! Ever! You're right. And it's I so basically, it it's, it's his fault, is what you're saying. Like, this ministry is his fault, and thus the corporate ministry is his fault, and all the bad of this whole thing is his fault. Listen, I always felt personally, yeah. this is stupid, Go ahead. but I always felt personally that the ministry just wasn't working out. and that I they, thought so. And that they like to inject some life into it. They The whole reason, that was like the whole thing with the corporate ministry, was that I think that was the true reason why it happened. Well, I mean, honestly... Week after week, how many times can you hear someone just say, die, die, die? Right. Which is the whole reason The Rock was making fun of him for being the stereotype of die, die, die. How ironic is it that The Undertaker might get the die, die, die here in the ministry version? In the number four spot of Death Valley of episode number what? 69! You want to do it, Quinn? Can we do it? Oh my goodness. Are we allowed to? I can't see anybody that's worse. In all honesty, he's the big... Rodney sucks. <laughs> Peak ass is, Joey Abs. is funny. Joey Abs is the worst of the three, but at the same time. But the magnitude, like the Undertaker is supposed to be good. Yes, it's it's the disappointment factor. We always say this with yes. Death Valley, right? It's like sometimes you are like better than people on the list that yes. don't make it. However, if you're just so disappointing, like if the expectations were just so high, yeah. like you trump that. Right. You have a bad $5 stake. Eh. You have a bad $20 stake. You're like, that's it- worse. Worse than the bad $5 steak. Correct. Yeah. Even if it might be better. Yeah. All right. Does that excuse us for doing that? You know what? Let us know what you think, folks. Give us your Death Valley as well. I'm all on board, Quinn, because number one, The Undertaker did suck in this whole thing. Number two, next week is the finale, so we better just fire all shots in our charger here. Yeah. And number three, I don't like him. Yeah, he stinks. <laughs> Get him in there. For number four, Die, Die, Die himself, The Undertaker. Die, die, die. How apropos, yes. Michael Quinn. To recap for Donnie here, our Death Valley is Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, God. Midian. Naked Midian. Or Naked Midian. Paul Bear and the Underwear Taker. That is our <laughs> Death Valley of Corporation or Corporate Ministry or Ministry of Darkness members. Be sure to let us know yours. You can tweet at us. You can email us or just post it on Facebook. Quinn, when we come back, we're reviewing something and it ain't half bad. Yeah, it's okay. Back after this. It's all natural. No fats or oils have been added. It's naturally tender and juicy. It's naturally delicious. And every single one, fresh or frozen, is grade A. It's the ShopRite brand turkey, and right now it's on sale at ShopRite for just 69 cents a pound. 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 This price effective only in ShopRite stores on Long Island and New Jersey north of Trenton. ShopRite. For the holidays. Oh, yeah, that's what I want. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast here on episode number... 69! Thank you, Quinn. Quinn, we're reviewing something. Yes. And this was good. Yeah, not it was, it not was bad. decent. Yeah, right. Uh, better than I expected. Actually, I was getting a little nervous when we started it. Yeah. because of the way it starts, folks. Today we're reviewing something that we've never touched before, and it was a request. And wouldn't you know, coincidental, it was requested by our showrunner AJ Smith. Was it again. really? I yes, didn't even know that part. It was. 
believe me, we have no bias here, folks. We just take what we get, you know, and uh, the question wheel, of course, is random. So whatever we land on, you yeah, know, I, I, we can't control that. Can't control that. But we're reviewing Championship Wrestling from Florida, April 24th, 1982. Now, Championship Wrestling from Florida, Quinn, was your typical NWA territory of the time. Yes, it was. Under the auspices of the uh, office of the NWA, board of directors, if you will. Whatever they are. Yeah, the big gold belt would be their world title, or the NWA title at the right, time would right. be their world championship. But they had many other belts in all these territories. Yeah. So There were other belts. Uh, guys could cross over from other NWA territories, and we'll see some of them, actually. Yep. And uh, it was it's a fun time, actually. It was owned by... Eddie Graham, who was the patriarch of the Graham family. Yeah, the father of uh, Drew Thousand Guitars never drew a dime. Yeah, Drew a Thousand Guitars. He was a very good artist. He drew them. (laughs) Whatever it is. Excellent artist. And Eddie Graham owned this until 1980, well, 85 actually, until his untimely um, death. And then it was taken over by Hiro Matsuda, believe it or not. That's weird. (laughs) Very unfortunate. The the horseman manager. Yeah, the horseman manager uh, until 1987. So it's got a good five years left in it at this point. And we get a cold open, Quinn, of this episode here from April 24th, 1982, of what we think is just a regular match, but it turns out it was the week prior. Yes. And this is Brian Blair, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Iron Sheik's favorite. Brian Blair, you are another faggot son of a bitch, no good low life. Versus Jerry Gray. Michael uh, Jackson himself. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Blair. Yes. Versus Jerry Gay. Who I've never heard of. Yeah. And um, Mr. Suplay, of course, is hosting. And the referee, Quinn, is funny. It's Reggie Parks. Yes. The man who made the belts. <laughs> the is belt ref- man. <laughs> the belt maker himself is the ref. He's the ref. But they don't really like, they act like he's a normal ref. Yeah. And he's got like a weird yellow shirt on. And that's right. kind of all there is. It's like, oh, Reggie Parks, the referee. Okay. Cool. Now, he's the guy, folks, that designed belts such as the uh, Intercontinental t- title, the really good one from 85 yes, till 98 yep, yep. the winged eagle all that shit mm-hmm. he was the sought after belt maker of the 80s and 90s and the wwf actually stopped using his designs in 1998 yes with the exception of the tag titles which they phased out mm-hmm. eventually uh and i think his successor the guy that trained him is a guy named dave milliken uh but before i sound too much like Petey from greetings from Allentown, let's continue here and i think a, <laughs> a thing comes over the screen here that we should acknowledge it says championship wrestling 82 yes in the middle of this championship wrestling 82 now they're very big on the 82 part it's only like what is it april it's april yeah they're but like they're... this is this is championship wrestling 82 what like was this a part of a compilation of some kind like <laughs> they're very it... proud that it's 82 and they've made it this far maybe yeah, I, don't I don't know maybe it's like the 40th anniversary or something like that i mean these grams have been around a while right been 40 a seems like about the number yeah yeah <laughs> and i gotta say too it looks no worse than the April of 82 WWF that we've been watching. It might look better. It might look better, it's yeah. In the, it's, it's closer to like um, uh, Saturday Night Studio. Yeah, like the Crockett Territory. Yeah, yeah. That's WCW smaller, or whatever yeah, WCW. it is. The smaller venue, mm-hmm. more intimate setting. It definitely doesn't look worse, though, for sure, than the WWF. And it might look better than Allentown yeah. in Hamburg, PA. I think it looks better than Allentown. I think you're right. I also think the CWF logo in the background looks better. It also looks like Sega. Yeah, it looks like mentioned. it's literally the Sega logo. <laughs> Like just CWF instead of S-E-G-A. That's correct, Quinn. Now, Gordon here is in full suplay mode. And uh, Gray in the gold trunks, Blair in the red trunks, referee Reggie Parks. As Blair gets a pin off of a three-quarter Nelson... 
Like in eight seconds yeah, or like, something. It, it's ridiculous. That's like, why we didn't recap a match. I was like, what? <laughs> it, they just, they don't even do anything. It's just like he pins him. That's, that's it. it. That's the whole entire match. And then they brawl afterwards and some mask guy that might be called the Green Ghetto attacks Blair. We're not sure what his, his name? name was. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't catch it. It was identified to me as the uh, Green Ghetto schedule, as I said earlier. We then cut back to Gordon, who's at his desk, welcoming us to the show. Yes. Okay, so that was a recap from last week, we find out. Right. Now, Gordon here is a nice powder blue coat on. Yes, no tie. No tie, he's casual. Very casual Gordon. He's got the CWF Sega logo on his <laughs> on his jacket. Yep, and he's got Brian Blair with him at the desk here. How many coats do you think Gordon had? Because he was always going all over the place. Like, oh, man. Like, he's like in a million different territories at this point. He's everywhere, right? Yeah. He's a sought-after announcer. I mean, he's good. I, you know, I wonder what Gordon's schedule was. Like, all, no joking aside, like, he is the announcer for many different territories television program at the same time at the same time i I imagine his schedule goes something like this wake up at 7 a.m drink Mm -hmm. um eat breakfast get on a plane to go to some territory drink on the plane yeah land drink at the airport right go to the arena where he's working yep drink do the wrestling matches, drink during... Yep, get on another plane. He probably does two in a day, I would think, right? Maybe, maybe he does. Maybe he rests at his hotel where he drinks. Yeah. And then just do it all over again the next day. Anyway, Gordon and Brian here blather on about this issue from last week and something about Mongoose Draper. I don't know what's going on, Quinn. Mongoose Don Draper. (laughs) What is this, madman? And then something about the Tampa Bay Bucks or the Tampa Buccaneers. They're very excited about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Uh, with their mainstream exposure here. I'm not really sure what's going to be happening. Most local shit ever. (laughs) Gordon also calls him Brian Bear. Brian Blair. We get a dorky ring announcer here who introduces more Brian Blair. Uh, This this time, This is the Brian Blair show, by the way. He's fighting Mongoose Draper now. And you asked me, Quinn, did Brian Blair's dad run this or something? Yeah. Why would anyone feature Brian Blair other than if, like, that was his son? Yeah. Was he, like, the Graham's adopted child or something? <laughs> like, he, they love him. Uh, they he's, do. He's okay. Like, yeah, he's not horrible. He, but he's not, like, your main face. He's not even the best guy in the Killer Bees, to be honest. You don't think so? Brunzel's better than Brian Blair. Really? Are you kidding me? Ah, that's debatable. All right. Well, folks, let us know what you think. I think Brunzel's better. But hmm. anyway, Tommy Young here is the ref because it is the NWA, of course, so Tommy Young's got to stick his nose in. He's another one that probably (laughs) flew down here, drank, flew back up to Crockettville and back all in the same day. And uh, Gordon calls him an outstanding referee. Yeah, and I'm like, Gordon sucks. He's just annoying that. Why do you... I just... I'll say he's good in this, okay? But, like, there's times when I'm just like... I just had enough of Gordon. He, yeah, okay. He's just, I just feel like I'm in the 60s or something. You think so, huh? And this is supposed to be the 80s. Well, it is the 80s, yeah. yeah. 82, actually. Right, exactly. <laughs> this is Championship Wrestling 82, There's Quinn. just times when he says things that are just out of place and annoying. That's all it is, really. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. As the match is a couple of minutes in, we get the graphic for the match like that says who this the guys are. This is a theme that goes, yeah. like, the match goes on for like three minutes and then the graphic. <laughs> it's like they were trying to do, like Japan always did that, yes, right? Yes. Like always like at the beginning but it's like they fucked up and they can, they don't do it like on time or something right yeah every single time yeah speaking of the match it's literally and i'm not really kidding it's just forearms back and forth for the first four minutes great and you have a problem quinn with the name of cwf as it is yeah okay let me get, get into it here it's called championship wrestling from florida which i feel is like a stupid ass name like <laughs> Why wouldn't you just call it, like, Florida Championship Wrestling, FCW, which they eventually did. Yeah. But, like... 
Never that, drew a dime, came a, and <laughs> reopened it and called it that. It's very like a mouthful, basically. That, that That's yeah. championship wrestling from Florida. And they call it CWF, but shouldn't it be CWFF? I mean, it should, but that's too many letters. But they're isn't just it? ignoring the from. So it's called Championship right. Wrestling Florida, which maybe doesn't even sound right. Maybe it's Championship Wrestling from. And then the, the oh, Florida yes, is silent. Yes, Championship Wrestling from. Now, how, do you think four letters is too much for a promotion's name, or is four acceptable? Well, here's the thing is that their logo looks like the Sega letters, right? right and that yep. was four letters. So True. CWFF would actually probably look very inviting for us video game fans. Right, you're right. And, and Sega was around back then, so they must have just stole this. They make arcade have, games. Yeah, they, with that logo too. Well, there you go. So they must have just been stealing that logo. Maybe it's the same logo designer. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Reggie Parks did all the logos. <laughs> Thank you. We're gonna find out Reggie Parks did the Sega logo. <laughs> Suplay by Brian Blair. Yes, Gordon actually says that. Suplay by uh, Brian Blair. Has Draper back to the canvas now. Now yes. it's very appropriate for me to use the he word Suplay. Saying Suplay the whole night. That's why he is Mr. Suplay, and folks, that's actually why I always call it Suplay when I'm recapping a match here. By the way, more forums. Even Tommy Young looks bored. Yeah, he looks young, too. He has, like, a bowling outfit. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He, it's the youngest I've ever seen Tommy Young. I almost didn't recognize yeah, him. So young. <laughs> and it's only, like, three years before yeah. we were used to seeing him. <laughs> Blair with a dramatic elbow drop for two, and then an airplane spin, which really does nothing. That that should be in the classification of moves that do nothing. Remember I had that post on the board yeah. the other day? I was, like, watching some Japan shit. Yeah. Some guy did some, like, reverse pile driver thing, and, and it like it's nothing. This is the same shit. It's yeah, airplane spin. What the fuck is the point of that? Because you're both spinning in a circle. So you're you're dizzying each other. But like, even you're dizzying. Like, it's not putting an impact on. No, anyone. he didn't. That's the thing. When you do an airplane spin, if you really want it to look effective, give him like a big slam afterwards, or like an F five or some right. shit at the end of yes. it. Like, why is this so hard? Instead, Brian Blair like just lazily like drops him, and then like nothing happens. Yeah, the guy gets up. Just slam him at the end. Damn it. I, this is like some relic of like the 50s or something. The airplane spin? Yeah. It's a popular crowd-popping move, but not in this decade. Let right. me put it that way. Again, I mean, Gordon's here, so. Yeah, that's <laughs> Tommy Young gets bumped out of the ring. We get a good bulldog there by Don Draper. Mm-hmm. And a top rope knee stomp by Draper. It's almost like a curb stomp with the right. knee to the back. With the knee instead, yes. Not bad. As Young is like comically crawling back into the ring under the bottom rope, right. like army crawling back uh, in. HP's like really low. It's probably like a half- <laughs> half of one right now, <laughs> 0.5 HP because yeah. he got nailed. <laughs> and Blair is bleeding. He did a blade job there at some point. Mm-hmm. And he fights back and the crowd really doesn't care. This is probably, they taped a lot of matches here though. They probably did, but I'm not going to lie. Brian Blair, he's fundamentally sound in the ring. He's not exactly Mr. Electricity. No, not he's not all. very like charismatic. But or he likeable. seems to be like everyone's favorite baby face here for some reason, or at least Eddie Graham's favorite yeah. baby face here. And then he takes off one of his knee pads to drop a knee. Well, they're not required, Joe. So <laughs> I, he that that is legal. You're right. As much as I don't like right. wrestlers that don't wear knee pads, but taking exposing the knee. Is actually fair. Like, little, there's uh, no problem there. Exposing the knee, Quinn. That's a little risque here for episode number 69. Thank you. Blair wins a slugfest, but throws Tommy Young down. Okay, so Uh-oh. now that's twice that Young's been knocked yep. down. 
Tommy Young does struggle to his feet. He gets up to separate them, and then he gets thrown down again. So he's just like, he like literally is like crossing. like, fuck it, no. Yeah. No more, no. I agree with him. Yeah. Because I didn't even want to watch this no. match anymore, but. It was what? If I, a star and a half? Maybe. If you were rating even, it? Maybe. I didn't even think about yeah. it until now, but it's probably that. It's, it's, it's whatever. Not, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't yeah. great. Anyway, Gordon's back here with J.J. Dillon, who's in a tuxedo, and he has a very big announcement. I like that J.J. always wears a tuxedo, but he's like all messed up his, his hair is did weird. he like wrestle or something <laughs> earlier because he he is known to wrestle sometimes it, he is because he is sweaty and like <laughs> his hair is screwed up i don't know it looks like he got like syrup in his hair so it's like yeah. permanently like gluey you know maybe what I mean? they did an angle here with something with his hair he got noogies or something maybe, yes know. maybe he had did a noogie angle Quinn. yeah also very appropriate for episode number 69 so dylan mentions kendo nagasaki uh who who sucks Just, yeah i don't really know this guy you don't want to was he really japanese even yes. i can't see his face because he always has this stuff on it you mean so I, paint yeah i don't know if it's paint or like the catchers wear under their eyes like <laughs> the eye black yeah maybe he was turning japanese yeah i really think so here on episode number 69 there's blatantly like a match going on in the ring as dylan's giving this promo at yeah and there's desk. like something else <laughs> you happening can hear it money this thing has already started happening but i can say i always have my eyes open you can hear yeah. them like knocking around in the ring like the crowds are reacting to mm-hmm. it. We get a clip last week of Kendo Nagasaki versus Terry Allen, who you might know better as Magnum T.A. Yes, the T.A. stands for Terry Allen. Yes, it does, Quinn. And uh, now J.J. says not only does he have Kendo Nagas- Nagasaki, great, he's now going to manage, Quinn, Jimmy Garvin. And not only that, he has spoken to Jimmy Garvin's attorney... <laughs> Yes. Tom Smith. <laughs> so the camera pans over now to Garvin, who's been sitting there apparently this whole time. Right, right. But we haven't seen him with his um, attorney, Tom Smith. Now, I got to say, Garvin has kind of like a um, a John Oates from Hall and Oates look going yes, on. Yes, he's not quite the Jimmy we would know. In fact, they keep no. calling him Jim here. He's not even yeah, Jimmy Garvin. Jim Garvin. Yeah. Doesn't sound right. Yeah, he. I don't John know. He, he looks weird here. Like, he's not quite gorgeous yet. No, he's about a 7 out of 10 on the gorgeous yeah, Jimmy Garvin scale. He would get to scale. 10 later, but yes, right, he would, here, right here, he's like, I have a lawyer named Tom Smith and blah, blah, blah. Tom Smith is a very generic bearded man. Yeah. Dylan has not shut up, by the way, and he's not exactly the most entertaining promo. He's like, I'm going to do this at Tom Smith and Goldberg versus Hulk Hogan next week. <laughs> uh, it was a determination and a mental commitment that one only finds in really a true champion. Garvin's very excited. He's like, oh, I'm excited. I am so excited. Yeah, they're saying this is like the most expensive contract ever or something. (laughs) And I'm glad that they didn't say a price because I feel like if we listen to it, like if if they had said it in 1982, it would have been like, $50,000 or something would be like, what? Yeah, it would just date it very badly, right? Garvin is very excited, though. He says he's going to go to the Hilton later for a few drinks. Yeah, good (laughs) for him. Good for him. You were a little incredulous, though, Quinn, that it would be the largest contract ever for this guy? Yeah, it's Jimmy Garvin. Like, (laughs) really? I like Jimmy Garvin. No problem with Jimmy Garvin. Me too. But he was... Never that good. Not like the they're, hottest free agent in wrestling. They're trying to do like the Tully Blanchard thing right. with them, but it's not working because Tully seemed like he could become a world champion, but Jimmy Garvin, no. no. Like, <laughs> Mid-card written yeah. all over him. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tully at least had some star power. Right. He looked like potentially maybe he might eventually be the world champion. Right. It never happened, but... If he didn't coexist with Ric Flair, like, Tully would have had a better shot. Right. But there was just the better version of him was, like, right alongside him. Yes, exactly. Jimmy Garvin was the best he was ever going to get. He got. Yeah. I would say Jimmy Garvin achieved the height of... 
of his potential. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if you're bored, well, so is Gordon Sully as... He's Jade, so he's so bored. He hates this so as much. Dylan is now comparing the signing of Jim Garvin to Reggie Jackson. What? Okay, so look at okay, Joe. Please, I know you're more of a Yankee historian than I am, but I feel, I feel like Peter Winston now. Back in 1981, <laughs> Reggie Jackson decided to sign <laughs> with the uh, California Angels. Yeah. But the bottom line here is that the Yankees had Reggie Jackson from 1976 until 81. Right. And Reggie Jackson, when he signed with the Yankees in 76, or in the 76 offseason, was a huge, huge coup. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was like they acted like they got Babe Ruth yeah. or something. Like Biggest free agent, right? Yeah. Huge contract. It was the first like big free agent. Right. Back in the day, like when free agents were a new thing. Yeah, it was it was very new at that time. It was like him and a uh, catfish hunter. Mm-hmm. They were amongst like the elite. I guys. think Reggie was like the second. Big he might have been the second. I yeah. think Catfish Hunter was but the first. Reggie Jackson was a way bigger acquisition than Catfish. Yeah, Catfish was big, but like Reggie was, wise, yeah. yeah, Reggie was way bigger. Hit the three home runs in the World Series, yeah. you know, and he was a big deal. He was one of the heart and soul of the uh, the late seventies, early eighties Yankees teams. So in the nineteen eighty one or eighty two off season, George Steinbrenner does something he later regretted. Which mm-hmm. is he did not re-sign Reggie Jackson to I a don't new contract. No, why? I don't know either. That just seems to me like Steinbrenner like fiddling too much with the fiddling team. Fiddling too much. Yeah, he had acquired Dave Winfield a year earlier. Yeah, so we had the new big star, right? Yeah, but Dave Ten Winfield contract. sucked. He really didn't fulfill his potential, and Reggie Jackson went on to have five more good years. Right. He retired in 87. Yeah, again, with the fiddling. Like the fiddling. I, I, this is always the Steinbrenner thing that pissed me off. Like, I like Steinbrenner for the most part, but yeah, he me would too. fiddle way too much. It's a lot like, of fiddling. We're losing a couple games in April. Let's trade everyone. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> what? Like, fire the manager. Yeah, fire the manager. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Dylan's comparing uh, this signing to Reggie Jackson being acquired by the California Angels. Tom Smith confirms, yes, this is the biggest contract ever. Gordon... He, his comment on it is, well, it's something. Yeah, Borden <laughs> is Borden. Yeah, he is Borden. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. It's something, there's no question. I will say this. In the ring now, we have Terry Allen, speaking of him. Now, this was <laughs> yeah. his, his This is amazing. This, I don't know why this just is happening now. Okay. <laughs> Who's his opponent? It's Reggie Parks. <laughs> the Reggie. So Reggie was a ref at the beginning, right? Yes. Then he went in, in the back and he was like, tink, 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 making some belts. And they're like, oh, we need someone to fight uh, Magnum TA here. So they just <laughs> pull his ass out. I didn't even know he wrestled. I didn't either, actually. I totally slipped my mind. Yeah. Now, Reggie Parks, <laughs> Gordon calls him Reggie Jackson. Yeah, that, does he really? Yes. He's like, oh, Reggie Jackson. Oh, wait, oh, doesn't he like, excuse, excuse me? me. Yeah. I'm sorry I was thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Reggie Jackson moving out of... Reggie Jackson, listen to that. I'm still thinking about this. So Parks is in shape, Quinn mm. and I both noted, but he's got Rene Goulet hair going right. on. It's weird. Like <laughs> everything from the head down, he looks like a superstar. Like he literally, his body build is like superstar Billy Graham, if you ask me. Like, yeah, a little smaller, but a little smaller, well but defined. kind of the same tall, like yeah. muscular. And he's in the downturn of his career here, from right. what I understand. And he was still looking good. Quinn, you had a good question for me. You asked here, why is Magnum considered such a heartthrob? I know. Listen. I'm not a girl, so I can't tell you why. No, you're not. Exactly. But if I was to look at both of these guys, right, and who was in better shape. Let's hear it. Reggie Parks was in way better shape. Right. So Good condition, Vince? Like, I understand he's not much of a looker in the face or anything. I know he's a butterface, I would but say. But Magnum TA isn't like blow you away like 
looking good either. You know, Quinn, this is very appropriate discourse for episode number 69. I would actually say that Magnum kind of looks like Brian Blair at this point in yeah. his career. And again, no looker or anything. No, not at all. Not handsome, as they not say. handsome. But not- I guess he might be 80s handsome because he looks like Tom Selleck. Like, that was the look, right? Like, if you ever noticed Allegedly, in wrestling in the 80s, yeah. they're like, if you look like Tom Selleck, holy <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, like Scott Hall had that look when he yeah. first started. What? <laughs> I don't know. For guys who listen, maybe you can ask your wives or something. I mean, is Tom Selleck, like, if you look at him back then, like, do your wives think he's, like, the best thing ever or something? Like, I don't understand. Let us know. Send us a postcard or a telegram, please. Buddy Colt is the referee, and Gordon blathers about whoever that is. I don't care. This match is essentially a ring around the arm bar. Yeah. Just flopping around the mat. Right. Magnum is so boring here that they should call this match Parks and Recreation. (laughs) Thank you. Gordon says crotch ride also, which is very appropriate. <laughs> for episode Number 69. 69. Yeah. More arm barring here. Big slam by Reggie and a backslide for two. Magnum. Reggie ain't that bad, no, isn't he? For, for a belt maker. Huh? <laughs> not at all. Magnum counters with his own backslide for two. Then they badly botch a leapfrog and Parks, I guess, hurts himself legit or it's storyline. I can't tell. Yeah. But the bell rings. Right. And I guess to referee stoppage, but Gordon has a, a different decision. Yeah. B- technically, Magnum TA won. Right. And he, referee stoppage. Yeah, That's referee exactly stoppage. what it was. Gordon's like, you know what? I don't know. Let's call it a draw. Uh, let's call this match then a draw. What? <laughs> He's like, fuck you. What? What? Is he the commissioner also? <laughs> what is like, okay. Oh, when Gordon go. goes from like territory to territory, they do act like he has some kind of authority. I've always noticed this, like in Continental, like he's they like do. the voice of reason, but like at the same time, if he says it, if he decrees it, it's 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 fact. It's very similar to what they did with Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, before he had any official power, it's that kind of thing, right? So yep. like Gorilla will just say, "Ah, hey, you know what? It's a draw yeah. draw between these two. He's not even like yeah. the commissioner yet. <laughs> well, like he's producing the show, right. right? Like Gorilla was the producer of Primetime yeah. or something. Like this is my show, Brain. You know? Yeah, and then even later they had member how scott hudson could decide the replays <laughs> Saturday night. let's make this the castro you know, replay that's, or whatever that's the 10 10 3 yeah, 2 1 replay or whatever the fuck oh, well anyway we get kendo now unfortunately with jj versus okay this is awesome because they kept saying mr ichiban's gonna fight kendo mr ichiban they hyped the shit out of this for like five minutes beforehand yeah. too. and i was wondering okay is this possibly hulk hogan yeah because i thought mr ichiban was just gonna be a real japanese wrestler right. believe it or not like i fell for that Ichiban is uh, Japanese, I think, for number one. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, I think Hogan went by that nickname in Japan, and this is in Florida, and I wasn't sure if Hogan had made it back to the AWA yet, so I was like, oh, maybe it's Hulk Hogan. Maybe a stopover. Right. Maybe yeah. a quick, just like, I'll do it, brother. No, it's uh, it's Dusty Rhodes, and how's he dressed, Quinn? <laughs> well, he's got a kimono <laughs> on, he's got the headband. Like kabuki face paint. Kabuki face paint, and my favorite part... Yeah. He has the the Japanese sandals, like the wood ones yes. with the blocks yeah. on the bottom. It's definitely not racist at all. And also, he's got Mr. Fuji's tights. <laughs> he does. Yes. He has the Fuji tights. Yeah. Uh, and then Dusty basically backdrops Kendo out of the ring, chases Dylan out of there. Then he does some karate poses. But Quinn, most importantly, you have something that you're very upset about. Well, as Dusty looks good here. Well, Just, I, I'll say that's that. subjective. No, I mean mean that he actually looks slimmer for some bizarre reason, like not as fat as usual. Right. However, the one thing that stands out when you lose weight and you're dusty is the splotch on the on the on the 
bottom of his, I guess, belly or something it is. Yeah, like the bottom right quadrant yeah. of his torso he has, there. For his entire career, he always had this weird splotch. Like what some, is it? Like somebody punched him there and it's like a black and blue mark that never went away and it's swollen. <laughs> can someone explain the splotch? Did he have like some problem? Can we, like, can we please know what the splotch is, folks? Yeah, I can really don't know? understand. Does Dusty Rhodes have a belly button? Because maybe that's what it is. I never looked. This is very provocative talk win for episode number 69. JJ runs over to Gordon and yells that he's not going to be a part of this. This is a mockery. This I'm not going to be a part of this whole thing. Yeah. So Gordon's like, well, whatever. Let's go to commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so fuck this. <laughs> so we come back and Gordon's with guess who? Brian Blair. Uh, and now he's in a suit. Yes, he is. But they're t- this is very interesting. Yeah. They're talking very seriously. Like Brian Blair is very stern and very upset, like a principal almost. Right. And he's giving a stern talking to about David Von Erich. Yeah, Mr. Long Face Stretch Yes, very arm. long in the yeah, face. Yeah, Stretch Armstrong or I mean, whatever he is. He actually has two feet. Yeah. David does. The, the two-footed Von Erich. Yes, very much. And not barefooted Von Erich. No, no, no. He, he has he's shoes He's two-footed on. and has shoes. That's, That's right. different. That's very unique That's for unique. Von Erich. Now, David, folks, is pretty much known as the most talented not the best looking, uh, obviously in the ring Good that probably Lord. beat Harry, but <laughs> he looks like a mutant. He like, does. He has a very why what the, is why the long face, David von Eric? Like he, holy shit! He walked into a bar and the bartender said, "Saddle up." Yeah. <laughs> It's ridiculous. He looks like Sarah Jessica Parker's uncle. Yeah. So anyway, here the whole point of this interview is Brian Blair is very upset mm-hmm. with this smart aleck David von Eric. See, folks, despite. Their near godlike status in world class. Yeah. David Von Erich played a heel for a little while in 82 yeah, in this he's territory. Just, he's just an asshole here. He's yep. not even, not big smiley like long face. No. We'll <laughs> see uh, we'll see David there in a second with his smiley long face as he's being smart outly. But Gordon here, Quinn, I have to say, like with the no tie and like the yeah. nice checkered shirt under the blue jacket, like he looks like he's ready to go feed the pigeons at the park. Yeah, maybe the Reggie Park. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> thank you. JJ Dillon is with Kendo again. Like enough, enough. No. JJ Dillon. Is there like five people in this company? I'm serious. I know. Like, <laughs> enough already. Uh, JJ explains that he cannot wait to unveil Jim Garvin. We already saw him. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. And also, you had a problem. You you said it's Jimmy, not Jim. Stop calling him Jim. Like I I have I've had enough of the jim he's not jim he's never jim enough with the jim and also what's with jj's hair it's so bad i, I i've said that already but I it's know. horrible it's really bad so heal david von eric here with feathers in his hair what is that i don't know just to look like obnoxious this is where his face really stuck out as yes. weird looking like so- <laughs> he's got a million dollar body but a 10 cent face <laughs> and i don't have change for a nickel yeah um heal david von eric gives a hilarious promo about how he's a millionaire at what? age 23. He, yeah, I know. <laughs> he doesn't need the Southern title, and he calls someone a honky. I don't know what happened there. You no good, low-down, dirty, stinking Florida cracker. Do you really think he was a millionaire? Honestly. No. Yeah. Not at all. If he was, he wouldn't have that face. If he was, he wouldn't be wrestling in Florida in the 80s. <laughs> like, seriously. True. Gordon is with Hacksaw, Butch Reed, and Sweet Brown Sugar, who you might or might not recognize as Coco Beware. Holy shit, does he look different. Like, I could not recognize him. He looked awesome. He's so much better. He looked like a buff Eddie Murphy. Like... (laughs) But, <laughs> but like like when Eddie Murphy was young yeah, and like spry. Like Eddie Murphy delirious that era. Yeah, like with the red jacket. Yeah, red yeah. jacket. He looks awesome. 
Do you like that one better? Or do you like Eddie Murphy Raw? I like Delirious. I don't remember. I've seen both of them, but Raw they, they kind purple. of they kind of like you know meld together meld together yeah i think delirious is better yeah anyway sugar says bald-headed japanese man and no oriental music when we get the sunrise in fort lauderdale you little bald-haired japanese guy you let me tell you something yeah not yep. racist at all on this show nobody cares nobody cares we have a florida tv title match yes and it's sweet brown sugar who's the champion but he doesn't have a belt right versus david von eric who has a belt which makes it more confusing so yeah it's, it's it's uh, Coco bewares the TV champion, but yes. he has no belt. And right. David ha- is the Southern champion, but yes. he has a belt, but it's for the belt that doesn't exist. Correct. Tommy Young's the ref. Quinn, you make a very interesting Stretch Cunningham reference. Yeah, because I'm just, I'm like, David is so awkward looking. Like, I can't get over it. It's, I'm trying to like, I'm like Stretch Cunningham, but I'm trying to say Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. But like Stretch Cunningham, like from Archie Bunker's place. Yes, and like, from, yeah, from all the family. All the family, yeah. Who the Archie called the funniest man. man. <laughs> the funniest man in the world, yeah. You know, with all the pop culture here, we're really turning into a tribute for uh, Greetings from Allentown here, right. episode number 69. Back and forth to start, leapfrogs abound. Sugar with some arm drags, David bails. Sugar with a head scissors, David makes the ropes and takes control. Big Heine the for Heine. two. Yep, the Heine. <laughs> Tommy said, Young Tom, falling yeah. all over the place, yeah. <laughs> Just like, he might be the most dramatic ref I've ever seen. Yeah, he's, he's up probably there. got another wrestling thing to do today. Yeah. <laughs> he's just In like, some other territory. He's fun, he's flip-flopping. Yeah. Sugar with an excellent drop kick and a body slam for two and you are in awe of how much better he is right now than he was when he was coco He's so good like i you know we always say coco doesn't deserve the hall of fame but and, I, and coco beware the character doesn't right they should have put sugar shane helms or whatever his name is and sugar sweet brown sugar sweet brown sugar sorry yeah because this is the first time that i've really seen him in this mode here i've seen some other coco stuff when he was a heel in like yeah. mid south or something like that but man he's he's good now was brown sugar like supposed to be a bigger deal than hacksaw butch reed i can't tell by the way they treated it like reed's, who is the leader of those two i don't know reed's not really very inspiring here. yeah but they acted like they were a tag yeah. team before this yeah i'm not sure uh david gets a pin with his feet on the ropes there so now he's the tv champion and he gets the the non-TV title belt. Yeah. I guess they have to go to Reggie to make, like, the, the belt. That's why Reggie's there, Quinn. Yeah, yeah the whole, whole time. time. <laughs> but we find out that that's not, like, true. That there is, like, an actual reward, right? Yes. So, as David is all dicky about his win, <laughs> Tommy yeah. Young steps out of the ring and hands David a trophy. Yes, that's the title. The trophy. They really need to get Reggie. Yeah, and you know, by the way, the trophy looks like an Emmy, yes. which is like apropos for like yeah. the TV title. Like, you know what? If the TV, the concept of a television title was new, yeah, I could actually believe the idea that it would, you know, a TV title a trophy, should be like an right? Emmy, yeah, right? Right, right, because like, right. it's the television title. Absolutely. You see that? Very good, Quinn. Uh, Barbara Clay is backstage. Now, with you might recognize this woman. Some of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, yeah. who is it, Quinn? This woman is that lady from Starcade 83. Yes, the the, the dumpy 80s lady. Yeah. Dumpy 80s hot. In her, like, blue frock <laughs> yeah. or whatever she's wearing, like, frock. blanket or whatever. <laughs> her and, blue fergal. Yeah. <laughs> so she's with uh, the American Nightmare. Yeah. Who's like the manager for the Bucks team, Mr. Football, I'm not kidding, and other people who I don't care about because I don't care about the 1982 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know what's weird about the American Nightmare? What? They were winning at the time. We didn't think that was quite right. This year, we want to go to full distance. 
obviously he's doing uh, Dusty Rhodes. A very thing. bad Dusty, too. You know what Cody Rhodes calls himself now? Yeah, the American Nightmare. Isn't that? That's just weird. That, I don't know. You that, know what? I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's a, it's actually, wasn't that why they called Nikita Koloff the Russian Nightmare, too? Right, came right. In? But I just, I, I don't know. I didn't even think about that at the time. And I'm looking at these notes. I'm like, oh, wait, Cody Rhodes actually, like, in 2018 calls himself the American Nightmare. He does. They're going to be playing a charity game. The football guys yeah. are going to play a charity game with the wrestlers. This is the most local ass shit <laughs> yeah. I've seen. Like, and I was saying that about it before. But yeah. like, when you come to see it, you're like, damn, like, this yeah. is nothing. And speaking of Butch Reed, he sounds like 1979 Muhammad Ali, and right. that's not a good thing. <laughs> it, it's a little dated even by 1982. <laughs> My miracles. Didn't I tell you I had some miracles to show you? Yeah. <laughs> My miracles. <laughs> Mr. Wrestling 2 says nothing. Now, is this Axe? No, it's not Axe! Axe is some... Why you am always, I always confused about this? Axe is the masked superstar. Uh, it's so confused. They look the same. It is the same thing. Like, yeah. How did anyone even relate to these guys? Just a guy in a mask. But he's the mister of wrestling. Yeah, he's so. mi- and not even the first one. Yeah, there's another one. Tim Woods, Mr. Wrestling. How many Mr. Wrestlings were there? Uh, Do you think there was a three and four or something? I feel like there was, but like no one gave a Mr. shit. Like, Mr. Wrestling W. and like Who called himself Mr. Wrestling 3? I swear there was. Was it like um, Larry Sweeney? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was Axe. Maybe was. Axe was Mr. Re- Maybe Smash was Mr. Wrestling 4. All right. Now you're out of control. And Crush was Mr. Wrestling 5. And Mr. Repo Man was uh, Mr. <laughs> Wrestling uh, W. Okay. Yeah. So these guys are going to play a softball game, Quinn. Yeah. After all this, I thought they were going to wrestle. <laughs> and they're like, no, softball. What? <laughs> so the football players are going to play softball. At the Al Lopez Field this Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Just some like local field. Yeah. Again, local ass shit. Yeah. That's like saying we're going to go down to Michelin Park over there. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're going to play hopscotch yeah. <laughs> with the local cricket team. Yeah. So we clip to Old Man Dory Funk, which I think uh, this was filmed in 1974. Yes, what is but it was clip? filmed recently. Apparently, you couldn't tell by his hair. <laughs> you have such a problem. It's with so this. bad, Joe. His hair, he looks like he's a 75-year-old man without his shirt on, with like a shitty belt from the 40s. He looks like Peter Boyle. Yeah, that belt was definitely not designed by Reggie Parks. No way! He's going from Sydney to Auckland to Tokyo with his international belt, which is... What the fuck is Auckland? New Zealand? Oh, I don't know anything about Auckland. Where Tony Gurria lives. Oh. Oh. I'm familiar with Auckland, Jess! (laughs) Sailor tattoos himself. Yeah, he's gonna go get one. And uh, he says that his belt the international belt that I've never heard of is second only to Ric Flair's. Huh? Are you serious? I yeah. think the trophy has more prestige than that I think the WWF thing. title is. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe the AWA title. Yeah, Not anything. this crap. Whatever that is. Yeah. Comb your hair. Anyway, let's go to Jim Garvin. No. Mm-hmm. Versus Bob Russell. Dropkick by Garvin to start, and Gordon's like all happy. Remember, he's like, wow, a dropkick. Yeah, it's like, whoa, a move. It's weird to Not hear. punching. Yeah. And it's weird to hear emotion like that out of Gordon. Like, he yeah. really was like excited for once. He's a like, dropkick was a big wow. deal in the 80s. It was, actually. Yeah. Uh, what sort of. Wow, caught him with a beautiful dropkick coming off the ropes. Garvin up. Not as big a deal as cocaine in the 80s, but not, it was no, up there. definitely not. It was like cocaine, Republicans, yeah. Ronald Reagan, dropkick. Yep. Garvin wins in like 10 seconds with a belly-to-back suplex. What is with these short matches? I don't know. 
Gordon Weird. even says, like, we have our standby match ready. Yeah, Remember and then, then they're like, no, no, no. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, Gordon's like, all right, let's do our standby match. And, and uh, JJ and Garvin come over like, no, we're not doing a standby match. Which, no. Okay, this is weird because Gordon's like, we're doing a standby match. Right? Yeah. For, okay, a couple things here. Yes. What Again, is Gordon the booker or some shit? Yes. He can just do this? Second of all, like... In what wrestling show ever do they just start rolling along? It's like, okay, okay, get the other guys. Like, like, <laughs> like what is this? I know. I don't, I actually don't know. Yeah. But we're going to see like part of it because like as those guys are going to the ring, it's a tag match. Yeah. Garvin comes in. Yeah. And he's fighting El Grande Apollo. Who? I don't know because he's like teaming with Kendo. Garvin now, now is. Kendo's out here. And now, this yeah. is chaotic at the end. And apparently um, El Grande Apollo's partner's name is Bubba Douglas. And they <laughs> all get. Ray Douglas. Yeah. And they all get their asses kicked. Gordon's being very good about it. He's yeah. like just being like very dramatic. Once again, trying to give uh, Bubba Douglas some time and some room. And it is uh, Apollo and Garvin outside the ring. Wait a second. Dusty storms in out of nowhere. Yeah, this gets really chaotic at the end. And the, to the point where the ref just leaves. Yeah. That's like, yeah, fuck this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like in WWF added, or, uh, Raw's War for Super Nintendo, like if you punch the ref enough times, he, just he leaves. leaves. Yeah. It was like that. He's just like, nah, fuck <laughs> it. And Gordon's like, well, our time is up. See you next week. Yep. That's and, it. And that's it. What did you think of that, Quinn? It's fun. Right? I think it was fun. It was, you know. It was a slow a little, build. A little dated. little dated. Uh, nothing that set the world on fire. A lot of Brian Blair. Weird, like, local stuff. Like, very right. local. Like, you could tell this was made for a certain area, oh, yeah. and that's it. Like, if you like Brian Blair, I definitely recommend this show. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you, you... This is the biggest Brian Blair, like, love fest <laughs> ever. I've never seen him be this featured. Um, you know, speaking of someone that's not incredibly familiar with this territory, I, uh, I had no problem jumping right into it. Gordon is one thing I'll give him. Yeah. Uh, he is a great glue that holds all these NWA territories together. Yeah, I will say that. You gotta give him that. He annoys me sometimes just because, again, like, it's like it makes it feel old. Right, and you don't fawn over Gordon, and I don't either the way a lot of people do, which is okay. And But I will admit he's a good, like, connection of all this stuff. He is. Like, he, like you said, a glue. Um, one thing that I think he does well is he acts like um, like he's the only constant. Yes. Like he's he's like the sun and the rest of these promotions like revolve around him. Just kind of like you're the viewer and, you know, wrestling revolves around you as the viewer, right? Because you're right. like, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, sure. But like Gordon's like the viewer. In yeah, in sense. a way. And like, he, yeah. he's the one that makes sense of everything, mm -hmm. even if the viewer can't. And it's right. just well done. He, it was a great job. I mean, honestly, Gordon. Yeah, I'm rough on Gordon. He's not that bad. He's I, obviously I just, not bad. I mean, a, that's more for jokes I at this point. But Don't give away too much of our secrets, yeah, Quinn. Sorry. But <laughs> sorry, everyone. Secrets of the uh, OVP podcast. Yeah, exposed. We're going to yeah. have a special on NBC next <laughs> yeah. month. But I mean, if it weren't for Gordon, this would have been less enjoyable. Seriously. Because yeah. he helped make sense of everything that was going on. I thought Brian Blair was fine. David Von Erich was a really surprisingly great highlight. Yeah. A heel David Von Erich. It's very rare right. to see that. It was a very brief period of time. Overall, I really like this. This is uh, an interesting uh, excellent deviation here, folks, as we are wrapping up episode number 69. Thank you, Quinn. Uh, and next week, February 19th, Quinn. Wow. Believe it or not, it's going to be episode number 70, our season finale. 70 years. Now, I'm going to be transparent with you folks as we wrap up here. We have no other bingo break up our sleeve. Yeah. Okay? We don't want you to get your hopes up for us unearthing some hidden gem that no one's yeah. ever heard of. Yep. Just enjoy our two-hour season finale next week. And in the meantime... 
be sure to reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, join the Facebook group and leave us a review. And Quinn, of course, there's our Patreon where you can get some great deals. Yeah, the hot deals, uh, commentaries and live reviews. Yep. Two to three dollars, depending on what you want to do. Yep. And folks, obviously, thank you so much for your support. We will see you next week for episode number 70, our season seven finale. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good rest of your week. And so long. See ya. Yeah.